Hello and welcome to Amazing Tales from off and on Connecticut's beaten path. I'm Mike Allen, here with another story about historically significant people, places, and events from Connecticut's long and fabled past. Today on Amazing Tales, part two of our two-part series on the impact of the Cold War in Connecticut and where nuclear missiles were hidden in Connecticut. In part one, we set the stage with a look at the big picture across the entire country and how we aim to protect ourselves against a nuclear war with Russia. Well, in part two, we'll focus on the activities that took place right here in Connecticut. To understand the significance of nuclear missile locations in Connecticut, you have to understand how the weapons were going to be delivered to the U.S. by Russia in those days. From 1950 to 1970, that 20-year period, nuclear weapons were delivered by airplanes, not self-propelled through rocket power as they are today, the so-called ICBMs, or Intercontinental Ballistic Missiles. So to protect yourself, you needed to be able to shoot down the incoming airplanes. Well, across the country, the government took an inventory of all the locations that were the most important. That is, which cities were mission critical to the buildup of military prowess, and which would have to be necessary to restart our society should a nuclear war actually occur. These were the cities where the military determined we had to be able to shoot down enemy airplanes should they try to attack. Nationwide, 40 cities were identified, and two of them were in Connecticut. Bridgeport made the list because it was the base of many military-related manufacturing operations, particularly munitions, while Hartford was the insurance capital of the world, an industry that would be crucial to rebuilding after a nuclear attack, and it was also a major producer of military aircraft engines. In the early going, the Soviet Union did not have a large enough air force to have a lot of airplanes. So the strategy was create a defensive system that could shoot down a single incoming plane. To do that, both Hartford and Bridgeport would need to be protected by six launch sites. Those sites would be located roughly in a ring around each of the cities. The military would use Nike missiles, Nike being the name of the Greek goddess of victory. It was surmised that regular Nike Ajax missiles, which did not carry nuclear warheads, could be positioned at each of the six facilities. They were outfitted with high-explosive fragment bombs on the tips. It would only take one such missile with a direct hit on an incoming plane to take that plane out of the sky. Each of the six locations actually had two parts. The first part was where the missiles themselves were located. The second was about a mile away where the missile launch facilities would be located. This remote control launching system required that the two sites have line-of-sight connection, meaning they had to be on hills where there would be no blockage from trees or other hills. The six towns that protected Hartford were Manchester, Portland, Plainville, Simsbury, East Windsor, and Cromwell. Each of them had two sites within their borders, one for the Ajax missiles and the other to launch them about a mile away. The six towns around Bridgeport had a similar setup, and they were Shelton, Westport, Fairfield, Milford, West Haven, and Ansonia. This was the arrangement through much of the 1950s. In 1960, things had changed in terms of military strategy. 
The Soviet Union had upped its game and was churning out bombers capable of carrying nuclear weapons. That meant that the idea of shooting down a single incoming plane was no longer good enough. Instead, the United States had to be able to shoot down an entire squadron of incoming planes. Well, this raised serious issues, not the least of which was how to destroy an entire squadron with single missiles. Many such missiles would have to be launched, and if just one plane got through, it could drop its nuclear weaponry anyway. No, a system had to be arranged to protect against this scenario. The decision that was made was rather chilling in retrospect. It was decided that instead of using single Nike Ajax missiles, we'd instead use a single Nike Hercules missile. The new Hercules missile had one very big difference from the Ajax line. It had a nuclear warhead on its tip. The thinking was, if we launched just one nuclear weapon at an incoming squadron and blew that weapon up in midair, it would annihilate any and all incoming crafts. Mind you, this would cause a tremendous release of nuclear radiation, not just from our bomb, but from those on board the incoming planes as well. Another consideration was the range of the missiles. An Ajax could only be relied upon to go 25 miles, whereas the more advanced Hercules could go 75 miles, keeping any airborne radiation that much farther away. Considering all the options, switching to the Hercules system was the preferred strategy and it was implemented. If there was a silver lining of good news about all of this, it was that we no longer needed six sites to protect Hartford and Bridgeport. In the case of Hartford, just two sites were chosen to house the Hercules nuclear weapons, and they were East Windsor and Cromwell. In the case of Bridgeport, it was deemed satisfactory to have just one such nuclear weapons site, and it was located in Ansonia. Live nuclear weapons were housed in East Windsor, Cromwell, and Ansonia between 1960 and 1971. Local officials knew, but most of the population was unaware of the true nature of the situation. While I'm not going to take the time to list all the site addresses on this podcast, I will offer to send anybody who's interested information about all of this. Just drop me a line at my email at amazingtalesct at gmail.com. In 1971, the perceived threat of the Cold War had decreased enough to bring an end to the Nike missile program in Connecticut. The sites were repurposed, mostly as public recreational facilities or as municipal centers for such things as dog pounds and utility control buildings. While they were in operation, military crews stood guard 24-7 at the command and control centers, always alert for a possible attack. And in fact, there were three times during the 1960s when crews at all three facilities were on high alert. The most concerning threat occurred over a 14-day period in October of 1962. President John F. Kennedy was in a standoff with his Soviet counterpart Nikita Khrushchev, the Soviet Union intended to place nuclear missiles in Cuba, just 90 miles off the Florida coast, and was delivering those missiles on its naval vessels. Kennedy formed a naval blockade to keep the Russian ships from reaching Cuba. Well, as the world watched and waited to see what the Soviet response would be, military crews were at the ready around the United States for any eventuality and this included the nuclear crews in Ansonia, East Windsor, and Cromwell. The Soviet ships eventually did turn around, and the effort to house nuclear missiles in Cuba was abandoned. 
There were two other occasions when the sites were on high alert because it couldn't immediately be ruled out that a foreign attack might be underway. One was November 22, 1963, the day that John Kennedy was assassinated. The second was November 9, 1965, when an unexplained electricity blackout darkened the Northeast United States and a large portion of Canada. There was another site in the greater Connecticut area worthy of mention. It was the Kensico Dam site. Nuclear weapons were based near that dam in Westchester County, New York, which is a critical component of the New York City water system. The missile site is currently a municipal leaf composting area. For those of you who ever saw the movie Dr. Strange Love, you may harbor some concern about an accidental launch of just a single nuclear weapon and whether it could result in an all-out multi-nation catastrophe. Well, if it helps lower the anxiety level, there are multiple safeguards in place designed to avoid such a mistake, although I suppose one can't totally be ruled out. Most observers, though, are far more worried about the continued proliferation of nuclear weapons beyond the nine countries that have them currently. The U.S., Russia, France, China, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, India, Israel, and North Korea. The concern not so much about an accidental launch as the purposeful launch of these dangerous weapons. That's it for this episode of Amazing Tales from Off and On Connecticut's Beaten Path. Please follow me at my main podcast website, amazingtalesct.podbean.com. Also, in between episodes, you can check out my page at Facebook, also Amazing Tales CT. I'd love to hear from you, and you can send me an idea for a story you'd like me to look into. If you liked what you heard, spread the word with your friends and family. See you next time here on Amazing Tales from off and on Connecticut's Beaten Path. I'm Mike Allen. Be safe and stay healthy. <laughs>